<laughs> Sorry, it I kept pressing the record button and it wasn't working. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> this is our fifth try trying to push record and it worked. It worked. You got it. Fifth time's charm. No big deal. Uh, welcome to Halfway Saints. Thanks for listening. Here we are. I think you should say I'm Holly. Oh, I already did. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I'm Holly. And I'm Daniel. And you're listening to Halfway Things. There we go. A bit of a deconstructed intro. It's very You know, it's organic. It's new. It's different. Innovative. It's poorly done. What it is. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. Yep. We're good. Ready to go. Did some push-ups earlier to get ready for the podcast. <laughs> get pumped up. Holly doesn't stretch before the podcast, which you're just asking to have a muscle sprain. <laughs> you just stretch your mind out. Get Whoa. it ready. No, I. That's didn't. why you're always thrown off when I use big words. Oh, those are just regular words. I just have them stretching my brain. No, that you're not <laughs> ready for. It's like if you don't stretch and you try to sprint, you pull your hamstring. Oh. So when those big words come, you're like, oh, oh trying to comprehend it. What does that it. mean? No. I'll do my mental stretches next week. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, try to go easy on me. Okay. <laughs> they, um, I think the Gospel of John, they said, um, like, based on, like, the number of words he uses, like, he repeats a lot of the same words. Like, he had, like, a, the equivalent of, like, a seventh or an eighth grade vocabulary. Oh. And he wrote. And he wrote one of the best gospels. Well, I, can you really? I mean, I one, do enjoy the one of the best. John. You know, I mean, they're four best of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're all the best. They all got trophies. <laughs> they all got to be gospels. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really interesting. Thanks. Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to steer it back. No, Mm-mm. it didn't work. Sorry. Uh, but before we get started, I have a correction to make. I oh. can't believe nobody. I can't believe the emails and the phone calls and tweets didn't come like Daniel's been in. just so torn up all week because he made a mistake. So last week we talked about we were talking about Lord of the Rings because you were saying how you were a wimp and you wouldn't <laughs> fight. Um, and I said that Theoden's daughter Eowyn. Mm-hmm was the one who led the women and children away. She's actually his niece, oh not his gosh. daughter. But, I mean... But she was raised by Theoden since she was seven when her parents died. So mm-hmm. she's practically his practically daughter. Practically his daughter. I mean, I just can't believe you would make such a dumb error. You're just so stupid. Just kidding. It's not a big deal. I mean, if you're into Lord of the Rings, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of throws off the genealogies a little bit. I know, but it's a confusing one to start with. Yeah. I hold myself to a higher standard. Because you do your stretches. I do my, <laughs> my mental stretches. Did you not do your stretches, stretches. last year? I, last week? I didn't do them last year because <laughs> I didn't have a podcast. But I didn't do it last week and that's why I was off. That's why. There you we gotta go. do them. Well, I know. <laughs> well, we had a great week. I'll stall while Daniel finished taking takes a sip. I, if you didn't... Now they're going to hear me putting the glass back down. Oh. Oh, there we go. We made it. <laughs> During our um, mic test, uh, whatever, I had my arm on the table, and you could hear it. It was, she was rumpling everything. Rubble, rubble, rubble. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was upset about something. So <laughs> grumbling in the back. No, but I didn't know that 
just my sleeve could make such a loud sound. It's, the microphone picks up a lot. It's very sensitive. It is. <laughs> Don't tease it. Oh. Uh, did you delete last week when um, Willow was purring in the no, microphone? No. So, Easter egg for you. If you listen to like the very last second, you can hear our cat purring directly into the microphone. Because right as we were wrapping up, she jumped up on the table and was checking out the mic. Mm-hmm. Checking out all uni. Mm-hmm. Uniclops. Anyway, let's get down to business. Business. <laughs> um, so Holly and I were talking earlier this weekend, and we realized that like each independently had very similar experiences. Well, not very. Came to the same conclusion. Sa- came to the same conclusion, and I was just realizing yours yours wasn't really a conversation. Hey. And mine hey. was. And mine was a hypothetical conversation. Oh no. <laughs> But anyway, we had similar uh, experiences in different methods or different uh, media, I guess. Sure. Um, but I, for me, I was um, Holly does this all the time, and I give her a hard time for it. But hey, I've noticed I'm doing I, my brain exercise. <laughs> okay. When I but do I, this. I was having a hypothetical conversation about I forget how I came to it, but like trying like if a coworker asked me. About some moral thing, I forget what it was even that I was going to hypothetically talk to her about. <laughs> but I was trying to like go through the conversation, like how would I combat this? And she'd probably say this, and then I could come back with this. And I ended up like coming to the conclusion that it it would just be so difficult because it would ultimately come down to me being like, Well, you have to know and love Jesus. Like, if you have that, then the rest of this makes sense. Because you can it was some ethical thing, because I was like, we could appeal to moral, or natural law, you could, like, ethics and morality, but, it, like, that wouldn't be overly convincing without a firm foundation of faith in Jesus. Yeah. What? Well, you're probably doing it on purpose, but you're, like, beating around what the issue was, and I'm trying to figure it oh, out. Oh, I, I said I don't remember it. Oh, you don't? Yeah, at the beginning. I thought you were just lying. <laughs> <laughs> I never lie, especially not on the podcast. Except, well, sometimes I will misspeak about the lineage of certain characters. <laughs> the genealogy. <laughs> well, okay. Go on. I was trying no, to... That was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you have to know Jesus to understand anything. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know why I didn't just say that. I don't know. To her face in your hypothetical conversation. Um, in my, my uh, experience, it was real. Though it was on Facebook. Um. And I got caught in, like, a thread that was very anti-Catholic. Like, people were really, really irritated. There were some fallen away Catholics who were talking about how ashamed they were that they were Catholic because of this one issue and how Catholics have been represented in this issue um, and stuff. And so I was, like, one of the, I think, two Catholics who actually spoke out to say, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't what the Catholic Church teaches, and this is what the Catholic Church teaches, and uh, you guys need to be a little bit more sensitive to, like, the reality of the situation. But um, in, like, a thread of, like, a hundred comments, uh, I was making some, like, very good points. I was very proud of myself, mm. if I do say so myself. Got a few internet points. I did. Major in internet points. Um, but even though I made those good points, and people... The people commenting did appreciate my voice in the conversation. I, I do think that it was good that I was there, or else it would have 
no one would have spoken any truth to the situation and heat would have just grown expanded i don't know uh heat dissipates (laughs) (laughs) well it would have just kept getting worse and these people would still hate the church and maybe i helped them a little bit but no one's life was changed by the Mm -hmm. points that i was making um maybe they saw the point a little bit better but they definitely like their lives were not changed and i came to the same conclusion that all of these points that i was making were great but it means absolutely nothing if they don't know christ Mm -hmm. sorry while you were talking holly was gesturing and she was getting really close to touching the microphone and it just reminded me can i tell the museum story you get embarrassed by it because you think i was like so so stupid but i okay honest mistake (laughs) okay (laughs) let me tell the story we were at um the philadelphia museum of art and um in like not even in one of the exhibits in like one of the main um like hallways and staircases when you first go in they have these like huge tapestries from like the 14th century and um they have plastic up higher i guess to like protect from dust and stuff but like no, down they have plastic like at eye level so you don't touch it mm-hmm. okay yes somehow holly got um too close to it and there was a part that didn't have plastic. I and... reached higher than where the plastic was. <laughs> and not she... realizing that the plastic didn't go all the way up. And she she, she poked it. I was... And she got too close. Okay, first of all, Holly has a habit of getting too close for comfort to art at museums. I've never touched it except for this one time. Well, anyway, the security guard came over and was like, You're, you can't touch the art. And she got very embarrassed. Because I'm a, I am a textile artist and I... What? I was admiring the the artwork that is tapestry because it's all hand woven. Like every different color that you see in a tapestry has been individually placed there and like woven into that only spot, which is so painstaking and awesome. And so I was just pointing something out to Daniel, like, look right there. That's where you can tell it's a different color or something. And it was higher than the plastic. And I touched it. And, like, I know that it's really valuable. And I know <laughs> that you, I shouldn't have touched it. But is, I didn't know. The thing is, you have a habit of getting too close to art. Like, I'm always... And, like, the security people are always, like, giving you, you an know, eye. Because you get... Holly likes to, like, get so close to it and, like, have her finger out. <laughs> but I'm, she, I'm not going to touch it. I know, but I'm always afraid. Same thing with candles. Whenever I t- <laughs> tell Holly to smell a candle... She sticks her whole nose in it, and, like, her nose is pushing up against the wax. It's true. <laughs> she has no excuses I don't for know that. Why I do that. <laughs> no excuse there. <laughs> Completely valid. Uh, but with art, you know, to fully understand art, you got to get up close. That's, yeah, okay. You know, and it's okay if I make them nervous. She <laughs> can't really do it. <laughs> It's not art if you're not making people nervous. And it's kind of their fault because <laughs> <laughs> the plastic obviously didn't reach high enough. Oh, okay. Like, they got to guard themselves. <laughs> anyway, how did we get here? Because you were getting too close to the microphone. I oh thought you were going to hit it. I was getting flashbacks. Anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to derail things. Uh, yeah, but So we both did. had separate experiences <laughs> where we came to the conclusion that at a certain point, in order for like, <laughs> what are we laughing at? <laughs> I'm just thinking about the candle. <laughs> Why I sniff them so tight? <laughs> she sniffs them too tight. So close. I don't um, know. Um, Sorry. Go on. Sorry. But yeah, at a certain point, 
in order for there to be a true conversion of heart, someone needs to to enter into a relationship with Jesus. Needs to like meet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not. Yeah, I'm over it. Giggles. Uh-oh. Oh, I was just so serious, but, but then I started laughing at how serious I was. Uh, but <laughs> they have to meet Jesus face to face. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got that conversation spurred us to thinking about why why this happens. Like, why is it that it always comes down to Jesus? Like, why can't we just convince someone with? Natural logic law. or a natural law or why what's the disconnect and why doesn't it why do we have to explicitly mention jesus why can't we kind of just say this thing like why can't we say well we shouldn't kill someone because it's wrong that person has dignity like why don't those true statements ring true for everyone mm-hmm. um and so what i kind of thought of is kind of twofold but one of the biggest things is that there's no Nowadays, there's no guarantee of a shared moral base with anyone you're talking about. It's true. And I'm not, I, I don't mean to always say like things were better a long time ago, but just from what I've heard and from my, what people older than I am have said is that, you know, 50, 60 years ago, you could count on someone at least having um, a base knowledge of christian morality and like a base foundation of morality so even if it's not christian right just even morality if, right even if they weren't um there's like a standard morality there was like a standard right that was highly informed by mm-hmm. the teachings of the church and of christianity in general um but that even if someone wasn't necessarily like a church going person they would still have the sense of right and wrong mm-hmm. and that has since been um eroded and kind of replaced with the a shifting morality or whatever the kind relativism. of relativism moral relativism <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. yeah pope benedict was um big in speaking about the um dictatorship of relativism and pope francis mentions it quite frequently yeah quite frequently as well um so that's one side of it and then on the opposite um side of it what you said something about um you made up a phrase you're like and here's another side of the coin the other day instead of like. I can't. I make up a lot of phrases. She does. Because um, I don't understand what real phrases are. <laughs> so I make up whatever I think they are. Is it like another flip of the coin? I don't remember I don't what you said. You, you, it, when you said it, it made me think that there were um, as many sides to a coin as you needed. <laughs> like, well, here's another side of the coin. <laughs> That's what it was. Another side of the coin. So. Yeah. The other, instead of the other side. Anyway, the other side of that coin is that um, Catholicism um, and Christianity, everything about the church, like all the huge kind of expansion of church teaching and theology and like uh, Catholic moral thought all stems from a personal relationship with Jesus. So that's kind of, um, you know, the reason it comes down to Jesus is because with our faith, it comes down to Jesus. That's Mm -hmm. the basis. Well, because we've said this before that with all teachings, like if you don't understand a teaching, uh, start with Christ and say, who is Christ? And then you'll, you should be able to get to, um, right. The moral teaching, like Mm -hmm. with contraception, like Christ is open and completely giving and 100% like gives his whole self to us. So in the same way in 
the marital bond. You right. give your whole self to mm-hmm. the other. Um, and because our covenants reflect Christ. So, like, all of our morals are reflective of Christ. It's like that, that differentiation that you made in one of the earlier podcasts that was, like, what I, I think what I just said, but you said it better. Do you remember what I, I'm saying? That, no. like, it doesn't, like, our rules... You're so much better at saying Just it. give me, like, two more details that I <laughs> put together. <laughs> like, something doesn't go to... Doesn't... It doesn't reflect Christ. It starts with Christ. I mean, that's, that kind of explains it. Anyway, sure. So it's fine. Um, but, like, morals are just rules to follow. And, like, just really annoying, like, classroom rules to follow. Yeah. If you don't have Christ at the center of them. Right. Or if you don't have a firm foundation, they kind of go away. You know, like if you don't have this foundation of faith and truth that you know is absolutely true, then all of the reasoning and moral logic that surrounds that goes away too. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of like someone looking into the church would be like, oh my gosh, but they have so many rules. Right. Like, why would you have so many rules if Christ is love? Mm. If all it is is like, he is love, then... Why do you have to nitpick all of this different stuff? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like you flow from Christ first and you're living in conformity with him and with his will. And when that clashes with our will, that's where we have to like, not nitpick, but we seems to, to others might yeah, be nitpicking. You have to, and you have to take a moment to say, does this reflect yes. is my this, relationship with Jesus? Is this producing good or is this... Is it driving me to Christ or is it driving me away from Christ? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's why, that's why it always comes down to Jesus or not always, but eventually will come down to knowing Jesus. Like you're not going to become a Christian unless you love Jesus. Nope. That's, I mean, that's kind of, that's it. That's the, the, that's a Mm non-negotiable. I mean, yeah. We, um, um, there was what? I wanted to say one more thing before you move on. Um, I wasn't going to move on. I was going to make a. A different point. Tangential. Exactly. Okay. Before you do that, um, the morals are based on, a, on an ideal. And that our ideal is Christ. Yes. Christ came to live our human life and to show us human life in its fullest. And so we are looking towards that ideal. Right. It's kind of is making the same point that I made before. Right. But you know how I like to do yeah. that in different words. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm aware <laughs> of it. <laughs> Reiteration, repackaging it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, but no, there was a homily we heard one time. And um, so we're in Philadelphia. We're in Eagles country. And the, um, I think it was actually a deacon giving the homily, said, you know, you're we're all Eagles fans. We're, and because you're an Eagles fan, you don't say, go Giants. Like, this is not what you do as an yeah. Eagles fan. And he said, like, and that's what it is with Jesus. Like, if you love Jesus, you just don't do these things. That, right. That that separate you from Jesus. And it's kind of, kind of a silly analogy. Think of like a sports fan, but like no, it, it comes down to that. Sense. It comes down to that relationship. Like, why am I not buying a Giants jersey? It's like, because I love the Eagles. Like, right. why would I do that if I love this other team? I'm really glad you brought that back up. Cause one, I forgot about that, <laughs> but it was really good. Mm-hmm. And two, that is spot on. Thank you. That makes so much sense. I didn't think, I know. think that Deacon, not me. That good old Philly Deacon talking about the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but it's so true. You just don't, like, it just is like a natural, when you're 
like when you're really seeking the Lord and really seeking to conform your will to his, mm-hmm. these things are just natural uh, progressions in your life that like, yeah. no, I no longer can't stand my little brother, you know, because yeah, I look like, at him. With, I, or I no longer just turn off when I get in, or when I'm yeah. tested or I'm no longer just totally impatient and I can have patience because, right. you know, it stems from like, I know and love Jesus. He needs me to be my best self and to be a witness and example to these people. So I'm not going to blow up at them or I'm not going to get frustrated and walk away from them because mm-hmm. I love Jesus and I want to share that love with these people. And a little bit of a, that is true. But I found myself for a long time putting myself on this high standard, or like putting myself at a high standard, saying like, I have to be this perfect witness and because God needs me to be like this perfect human so that others can know him, where I kind of have to readjust my focus and say like, no, he needs me to be my true self because he created me to be a true self, like a, to be a true person. Right. And then out flowing from there, the nat- like the witnessing to others kind of like naturally flows right but knowing that you were created for a certain purpose and created to be a specific person you only get that knowledge through knowing jesus yeah for sure i was saying like the focus is not so much of like i have to convert everyone i meet versus just like living a true i didn't say convert i I just said loving them like i'm gonna love them because i'm in love with jesus yeah maybe that will lead to a conversion but yeah you're putting words in my mouth and i don't appreciate it I just want, because I've struggled with that before, with that, like, pressure, and so I didn't want anyone to think what I used to think. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with that in mind, we were kind of just, like, talking amongst ourselves and decided we should, like, oh, let's bring this conversation to the podcast of how do you do that? Like, how do you talk about Jesus without being kind of, like, super cliche, like, oh, do you know Jesus? Like... <laughs> Have you read the Bible? In in the South, something you'll hear a lot. Maybe not as much, but people will ask, well, or are you saved? Oh, like, are you saved? Like it's yes or no question kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so how do you have a meaningful, fruitful discussion about Jesus with someone mm-hmm. who isn't necessarily a Christian or believes in God or whatever? Right. Um, and one of, one of the big... There were a lot of reasons, but one of the really big reasons that led me to leave my full-time job two years ago um, was because I had done a terrible job of speaking Christ into conversations at work. I was in a, I think I've said this before, I was working at a fashion company in a very social, like, work environment. Like, it was just, we're being creative, so you're just, like, drawing and chatting, like, all day long. And so, of course, that leads to, like, so much fluff in the conversation and just, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of, um, just a lot of lies. I just heard so many lies. And I was waiting for, like, the, what I understood to be, like, the right to be heard, to, like, get to be friends enough with all of them to be able to speak, like, hey, I'm a Christian. I don't agree with that Mm -hmm. in, like, a group setting. Um, And that never really happened. Um, but so I got in this rut where like nobody even knew that I was a Christian and they were like talking to me, coming to me with their like issues that I was like, well, I just can't from step one, I can't really relate. Like, yeah, it just was really difficult because I couldn't, um, I couldn't like 
it wouldn't be expect it wouldn't be like if I brought up Christ, they would be like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? Who are you? Right. Like, that means nothing. Yeah, you weren't able to, like, have this conversation in that way at this time. Right. It just wasn't... It just wasn't feasible. It wouldn't be fruitful. It wouldn't be positive. It would be kind of just dismissed. Yeah, totally. And so I was... I kept trying to, like, you know, claw my way, like, to get to a situation where it would be appropriate for me to bring it up. And it just wasn't happening. And I was just like, the only purpose I had to be in this office place was to help witness to my coworkers. Like, that was the only reason why I could justify working in the fashion industry and uh, doing all these things. And um, if that's not working anymore, I just don't have a purpose here. And so I quit. Um, There were other things going on, too, but that was a big one. And uh, it was just, I was constantly asking myself this question, like, how do I just bring up Jesus? Yeah. Casually and like really. And I think that like now coming from it and coming from like I grew I've grown so much in faith since I started that job. I was like I was not even I wasn't even Catholic when I started that job. Yeah. I would, two months later I I was received into the church. So I was completely like unaware of so much of the teachings and stuff. So I guess it's okay. I've grown a lot. But now, like, Christ should be so ingrained in who we are and in, like, what we understand as, like, in life that we shouldn't be able to help. Like, if someone's talking about, I don't know, some, like, really controversial issue, like, you should be able to just be like, well, Jesus doesn't say that. Like... I know, I know. No, okay, I get what, it's It's good to be that, to have that kind of uh, confidence and, like, ease with your faith, but what I run into is how that may not be effective to someone who, either, like, is a fallen away Catholic or a fallen away Christian who has, um, like, an antagonism or, like, a, that that would rub them the wrong way. And as soon as you say Jesus, they're like, I am disregarding everything you're saying. Yeah, I just, I shouldn't have said Jesus doesn't say that because you should never start with like, Jesus says. <laughs> you should probably not condemn. No, no, What no. does Jesus say? <laughs> not Where's that. your WWJD bracelet? <laughs> um, but instead say something similar to like a parable that Jesus would say or like a more natural expression of Christ. Let's pause because one of the like first questions I had is where do you start? Yes. Let's <laughs> so go. Said, let's go there. Yeah. So how do you, like, yeah, how do you introduce Jesus? How do you, like, I go through the same thing with my coworkers. Like, pretty sure most of them know I'm Catholic, um, that I go to Mass. But, like, do they, do they know I really love Jesus, you know? And, like, do they, would it be strange if I was, like, oh, well, you know, the church uses this, or, like, uh, obviously I feel this way because I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. Like how, so how do, where do you start? Where do you, how do you kind of get that basis? Of like an understanding that you are. Or just how do you, if you realize that you, the only way this person is going to understand the truth that you're trying to impart is for them to know Jesus. How do you, what's the first step down that path to telling them about Jesus? Here's something. What? Holly's got her her point pointer finger out, which means she's making a point. This is a point. Uh, 
I think it's a much longer process than I'm envisioning in my head. Like it is, it is not just one conversation. No. You know. It's years. Years and like, and I think there, one of the biggest things that we all need to learn about evangelization in this context is that we need to listen. We need to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Lauren, one time, I can't remember any of the details about the story, but she told us a story about this guy that she met in a bar and like his conversation with her and like her questions that she asked him. And I was just like blown away that she could ask all those right questions. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, she's a focus staff member. Mm-hmm. So like, she's awesome, obviously. She also just moved away, and we're really sad, so we're, we're bringing her up. <laughs> <laughs> to, to keep her Her present, memory alive. Yes. Um, but, I mean, that was, like, so inspirational to me to hear the way that she conversed with that man, mm-hmm. who she had, like, just met that night, and who she got to, like, him, because he said something about, like, he used to be Catholic or something, and she was able to, like, really talk with him and listen to him and to hear how he got to where he is and what his like true what the true issue is because a lot of people like in the facebook thread that i was in a, a part of they're not mad at the church for this one thing they're mad at the church for the way that they were treated in like sixth grade by the nun who taught them you know mm-hmm. and so like if you can just get them listen and ask the right questions to get like tr- like the real truth mm-hmm. and not so much of the like walls that people have built up of anger and uh, shutting out, mm-hmm. then you can really get to talk to them about the reality of Christ. Right. And that's whenever you can get to Jesus is a person who you need to meet. Right. And that's true. I think listening and asking questions is better than trying to figure out what, when am I going to jump? When am I going to drop the Jesus bomb? Like, yeah. oh, when am I going to jump in? And t- it's like uh, more of a passive uh interaction than an active you're worrying less about when can i interject this and more of more of like learning about this person and what they're about yes and that and that's I'm treating gl- them like a person it is and i'm glad you brought that up because that is an example of like a short-term relationship that can bear fruit mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah that's a really good point because i think when i think of like short term i think of someone like doing um like street evangelization where it's like there's not necessarily but I mean, I guess you could, you could do that the same way and do it in like a conversational way. Right. But yeah, I like that being more passive and just talking to someone right. than, rather than just trying to like get your message out first. Mm-hmm. So my thing that I've always dealt with is like in college, it was and in the outreach ministry that I was a part of, I was able to be like, hey, high school student, I'm a... Like, I'm a leader with this, so Mm -hmm. that's my, like, you expect that from me. And Lauren, whenever she was meeting that guy, their conversation started with her being like, I'm a Catholic missionary. And he's like, what? Blah, 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 blah. And told her all of the things that he hates about the church, probably. (laughs) Um, And so, like, you're able to start, like, that's kind of, like, a great starting off point because it's just, like, ingrained in who, in it's like an easy first part of the conversation. They like understand who you are. Right. But for people like you, you're like, I'm an enrollment associate. <laughs> <laughs> that usually stops the conversation right there. <laughs> but like, how does, how can we as like lay people who are not in ministry fields get into those conversations? I think a lot, like not, 
I guess, again, if you're like saying I'm a missionary, that kind of sets the tone. But you could mm-hmm. also just ask questions like if someone is talking about divorce or marriage or something, you just ask them like, oh, well, like, how do you do like, how would you define marriage and where do you get that definition from? Yeah. And just like not being condescending, but just legitimately, legit, legitimately, um, <laughs> <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I Dana know, messes up. I know. But legitimately asking a question so that you can, in mind, the next like question I had to write that I wrote down was like, how do you know where to start with someone? But that's mm-hmm. kind of how you do it is you ask them like, yeah. oh, you are advocating this person to get a divorce. Where, why do you, why, what would be a good reason to get a divorce? Or mm-hmm. why do you feel that divorce is a good option? Or, you know, like something like that. Right. Be a yeah. good way to... Br- um, breach the topic, broach the topic, breach. <laughs> I don't know. Breach. I don't know. Break. I don't know. No, that's not it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I think that asking questions instead of saying statements is also a huge thing because it opens mm-hmm. up to conversation instead of, instead of doing what I said earlier, where Jesus says, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me think about what Jesus would do. Guys, I didn't mean it like that. No. I, I need to like backtrack. I meant like Jesus needs to be so ingrained into your your being that he na- like he naturally comes out, mm-hmm. you know. And you obviously, if that is the case, then you're not gonna say stuff like uh, Jesus doesn't say to do that. Yeah. Um, but you're going to ask questions and do all the things that we have said. So yeah, just and a little clarification. So another thing that I thought of is, um, and this is kind of dangerous because you can fall into kind of complacency and like hands being like hands off, but just by your actions and being like a witness like being a good listener being a good friend like always offering like oh do you want to go to lunch like living out the gospels in a way that people take notice Mm -hmm. so if you're people always tell me like that i'm very patient and like oh you're so patient with all this and like if if i didn't screw it up so often (laughs) that would be a good you know way for me to somehow introduce um like the topic of Jesus, like, oh, you're so patient with this person. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, well, everyone, everyone's a person. Like, yeah. I don't know what they're going through. And like that way you can kind of ease it in and eventually, maybe not right away, but say like, well, I just, I know that God's been patient with me. Like, you know, you can yeah. kind of ease it in there because you're taking something they've said. So you kind of have that basis that like, okay, patience is a virtue. Uh-huh. And then going from there. Yeah. And I like that you said, like, just asking people out to lunch, like, in our, in our culture, mm. um, like, there's just a, a lot less personal interaction. And so just by, like, just by the sole act of pursuing someone and pursuing a friendship with someone who might not think that you would want to be friends with them is a huge step towards, like, showing them Christ. But if you're just doing it to love them, not with, like, this goal, like, I need to convert you, but, like. I just want to get to know you as a person, and I really I care about you as a person that I see mm-hmm. every day. Uh, I want to have lunch with you. That's going to, like, that kind of thing is notice. Yeah. No, it's really big. Yeah. And just, and I was saying that as an example, but also, like, putting your phone down and, like, encouraging others to do the same, they would be like, wait, what? Why? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, because we're people. We need to interact with, with faces instead of screens. Yeah. They're like, why? Well, because that's the way Jesus made us. I think maybe there might be a couple steps in between there. Obviously. Um, but also just um, like 
letting someone know that you care about them or you're concerned about them. And yeah. it could even be as small as like remembering a detail like, oh, how's your uncle doing? Yeah. Last week you, um, and again, this isn't the goal. The end is not converting them. The end is loving them. Mm-hmm. And through showing them Christ's love, the hope is that they will someday experience God's love. Because the, I think one of the really big points that I ran into with the that Facebook thread that I was a part of is that people were like, so mad at the church for their teaching on marriage and how could the church be so intolerant and so like how could they not love these people but true love is not like letting someone stay where they're at right and not saying like everything you're doing is great and just like sugarcoating absolutely everything to make you feel good because that's not true love right and so when you're truly loving your neighbor and truly pursuing them and truing, truly having this relationship with them, yes, you, your heart is for them to convert to Christ, but because you love them enough that you know that Christ is going to give them the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it just sounds bad that you, your end goal, like, is, we're not checking people off the list. Yeah. We're just loving people to the fullest, which... Right. To fully love someone is to show them Christ. Right, but like what I was saying, the end isn't conversion. The end is loving them. Like yeah, I was just you I was just stop. doing my reiterating. Yeah, different no, it's, words. it's great. I guess <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. No. Um, but yeah, but the I said um, like half an hour ago when I started this. <laughs> Shut up. Um, is that um, it can be kind of tricky because you can also fall into like this is just what I need to do and never yeah. like. Never take that opportunity to introduce Christ when you have the chance. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of say like, oh, we're just hanging out. We're buddies. And they can, you know, say, I, you know, my life is falling apart. I'm just really struggling with this. And if we're just like, oh, man, that sucks. Knowing that like this is a good time to like say like, oh, do you have like a priest or someone you could talk? You know, right. like introduce it that way. Or mm-hmm. like, well, why do you think that you're feeling this way? Mm-hmm. What do you think would help? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of fall into an easy um complacency complacency and i think the like a lot of people kind of a cop out for evangelization is like oh i'll just live my life and people will notice Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't it doesn't always work and not that you need to um like there has to be a balance and you have to take those risks and those opportunities when they're presented right and knowing that is and oh that's my third question i wrote oh my gosh (laughs) is that like how or when to have this conversation like specifically about jesus like yeah I've been hanging out with this person for six months. We're like really great friends. Like, do I bring up Jesus now? Or like, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you know when to do that? Like I, in my workplace, I feel like I've, I've gone like too long without saying like, oh, and I love Jesus. That's why I act the way I do. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, but I also like, do I want to say this now? And kind of like, like, is this going to ruin things? Is it prudent? Will this be a fruitful statement for me to make? That kind of thing. So that's one thing. Like everything else kind of I can nail down or I can like wrap my head around. But this one, I guess it's the least black and white kind of thing. We're like, well, when do you say that? Because you know what it is. What? Prayer. Prayer. You got to pray and you got to listen to the spirit. Yeah. Because it is the worst feeling when you leave a conversation and you're like playing it back in your head and you're like, oh, right there. I was supposed to say this. Yeah. And I did not take that opportunity, and I missed it. There's um, there's a saying in French, and it translates to um, spirit of the staircase. And it's like, 
the feeling you get when you like just leave a conversation you're like oh i should have said this or like oh, oh this is the perfect comeback and that's it's like worse yeah well, the french have a word for it those french i know they understand frustration <laughs> they do <laughs> but that is the worst and it i every time that i leave a conversation like that or any kind of thing where i'm like oh i should have invited that person to this or you know missed opportunities i always am like well if i was in better prayer if i was better in tune with the lord I would have picked up on it, but I was really self-centered during that conversation. And because of that, I missed it. Yeah. And that is the worst. To know that you sinned is the worst. <laughs> it's it's the worst, but then you have... Of course. You experience mercy and forgiveness, and it's... Pretty it's great. Funny. But yeah, and I think... Um, I forget why I've been thinking about it, but the idea of, like, just really thinking about sin and that um, sin is not striving to do the greatest good. Yeah. And I think um, today, kind of some of the confusion within the church is that people are being satisfied with like a mediocre good. Or they're saying, with like, well, not the ideal. That's, I know, I was going to say it. <laughs> but they're saying, like, oh, well, this part of this is good. Like, why can't we just celebrate what's good here? But what the church has always taught is that we are to strive for the, for the greatest good, for mm-hmm. like the fullest good, because Jesus didn't halfway die for our sins he didn't suffer for three hours on the cross and then hop down like he was all in yeah and mary who's kind of our model for fidelity to christ is all in she's saying totally all the way let it be done to me according to thy will um and i think there's a quote from i think it's saint bonaventure that i always like um and he says sin is choosing um the he might phrase it the other way around, but he says sin is choosing the changeable good instead of the permanent good. So the good Ooh. that is not always good, like, oh, well, it might be in this point in time, I'm going to say a person's an alcoholic. And like right now in this moment, me getting this guy a drink is good because he's going to go through withdrawals and be really sick if not. Uh-huh. But that that is not at all a permanent good. No. Like that is not helping him in the way he needs to be helped. And that's why that, in that particular situation, would be sinful. Because yeah. there is some good in it, but it's a changeable good that's not always, because always if, good. Because if good is good, it's it's going to be good all the way around. Right. Yeah, if you loving someone totally and unconditionally is always going to be good. Yes. It's not like you're going to be like, oh, it doesn't apply in this one situation. Mm-hmm. You should have hated them in that situation. Right. No, and like, that's, I was going to make this point earlier, but you were like, talking about truth and how mm-hmm. there's like this uh why does this truth not um is why doesn't it register with someone mm-hmm. else well it's like all truth kind of like true god is truth right so god is all of these things and he is a hundred per- i don't know i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you stopped before you got got to it things got got away from us <laughs> no okay let, um let me see here if god <laughs> god is true so um he is these things fully and completely not like half like even beyond our understanding so if we say like god is justice mm-hmm. it's a justice beyond any of our understanding right. he's a love beyond any of our understanding like yeah. the greatest love we can think of god is beyond that so much because bigger. he is the source of what we perceive as love yes and so truth is this like universal truth that is 
all-encompassing mm-hmm. of every single aspect of truth. Yeah. So you can't just pick and choose like right. particular little truths that are like, oh, well, this one's convenient and this one's great and this one makes me feel good. It has to be absolutely everything, even if it's hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I forget why I brought... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was talking about... um, Oh, you're talking about the ideal and like aiming to do um, what... what, No. And the changeable good. Yeah, the changeable good. Versus Um, the permanent. So that we're always called to um, kind of do the greatest good and live it out in the fullest way. And when we do that, it's kind of um, magnetic and it attracts people. And Pope Francis um, has spoken a lot recently about um, not um, proselytizing. What? I said I didn't do my stretchers. My stretchers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's kind of like evangelization and like a stereotypical like, oh, we're going to just go out and convert these people by Uh talking at them kind of thing. Um, That that's not what we're called to do is that we're... um, called to convert people through attraction and like we're supposed to do our best to live out the ideals to live conform ourselves fully to christ and through that people will come to christ through that saying like i see what this person has and i want that because christ is all good yes and no matter who you are you're going to be attracted to christ Mm -hmm. yeah if you truly think about what you need you're going to be attracted to christ yeah so to kind of recap, asking questions is a good way mm-hmm. to kind of get towards this topic, listening, like meeting people where they are, mm-hmm. um, and also um, living out your faith fully and faithfully and like living out the Gospels so that people can kind of um, notice these qualities. And then that provides opportunities for you mm-hmm. to be like, I am this way because I have a relationship with Jesus. And you... Living that out is fully loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then taking the opportunities to kind of go that extra step and be like, this is what you need at this point. And yeah. just knowing the, like, if you love and know this person, you, you're going to know what they need. Mm-hmm. And if you, you are and you in have prayer. The right to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And if you are engaged with God through prayer, you're going to kind of be able to recognize this. You're going to be, um, you know, Christ is the physician of souls. So if you're united with Christ, you're going to be able to, um, heal these sick people around you by knowing kind of what they need. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We solved it. That was easy. We solved yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Your turn now, audience. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, but obviously we – this is a tough thing to do. And mm-hmm. obviously Holly and I are kind of – We're pretty bad at it. We're pretty bad at it. <laughs> um, and we're going to make mistakes again, and it's difficult, and there are a ton of different um, – things that can come up like, oh, I don't want to lose this person's friendship. I don't want to be seen as weird or like, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't feel like being love loving today mm-hmm. or I don't feel I'm lovable. So how can I, you know, like there's so many things that get in the way, but it's, it's all founded on Christ and based on your relationship mm-hmm. with Christ. And if we do our best to seek out Christ and to, um, to grow in Christ and allow him to grow in us, these things get easier. Mm-hmm. It's not, always super easy we're all we're sinful people things get in the way but it gets easier with christ yeah because yeah no real surprise here that we're all sinners we're gonna make mistakes Mm -hmm. but if we just strive for that greatest good then the lord will bless us that's that's the hope yeah yeah well 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope uh, this was helpful. It was helpful to Holly and I, so if, yeah. if it's not helpful to anyone else, we don't really care because we helped ourselves. And that's kind of what we're trying to express. Yeah, I mean, you, should, you guys should be really <laughs> selfish with... <laughs> no, but we... Um, this is kind of, I think, a big key to evangelization. So hopefully our working this through together helps someone to at least get some kind of small modicum of truth. Modicum. There you go. Good one. Thanks. Um, before we go, though, we'd ask that you pray for our friend Lauren, who yes. is um, starting a new adventure, a new kind of chapter in her life and moving like 1,700 miles away. Um, yeah. We just pray for her and for her new job and for her ministry. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we are. Because we, we love her a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you, everyone, who sent us feedback and reached out to us and let us know they're listening. Um, really appreciate it. And we really love being able to pray for our audience by name to know, yes. um, you know, this person is struggling with, like, we, we love that because we want to have a community and a relationship with all of y'all. So, um, yeah, just let us know you're out there, that you're listening. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so email us at uh, halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Find us on Facebook and uh, find us on Twitter mm-hmm. at halfway underscore saints. Yeah. That's it. That's all she wrote. Everybody have a great week. And we'll be back next week. Yep. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>